Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, March the 2nd in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, the second Sunday in Lent. And on the Thursday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the book of Romans. We're going to take a step back, though. We're in Romans 5 last week, Romans 4 this week, Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 13 through 17. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 13 through 17. So what are we going to say? Are we going to find that Abraham is our ancestor on the basis of genealogy? Because if Abraham was made righteous because of his actions, he would have had a reason to brag, but not in front of God. What does the scripture say? Abraham had faith in God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Workers' salaries aren't credited to them on the basis of an employer's grace, but rather on the basis of what they deserve. But faith is credited as righteousness to those who don't work because they have faith in God who makes the ungodly righteous. The promise to Abraham and to his descendants that he would inherit the world didn't come through the law, but through the righteousness that comes from faith. If they inherit because of the law, then faith has no effect and the promise has been canceled. The law brings about wrath, but when there isn't any law, there isn't any violation of the law. That's why the inheritance comes through faith so that it will be on the basis of God's grace. And that way the promise is secure for all of Abraham's descendants, not just for those who are related by law, but also for those who are related by the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have appointed you to be the father of many nations. So Abraham is our father in the eyes of God in whom he had faith, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that don't exist into existence. This is the word of God for us. So we know that Paul as a second temple first century Jew has some big ideas about who God is. Uh, Three main categories. The one God creator, uh, category number two, election or why God chose Israel out of all nations to be his covenant people. And then category three, how is this one creator God going to use this one people Israel to bring about the restoration, the healing, and the peace, the shalom of this one world that God created by the end of time. Those are the three things that Paul is constantly grappling with. We also know that he's got a theological project. He believes that to all nations deserve to be in this covenant family, not just the people of Israel. And so when he writes to the church in Rome, a church that has both Jews and Gentiles, he has to find a way to uh, get one, get each party, get both types of people to uh, recognize their own lack and that they need God, and that, that recognize their own lack and that they need 
each other. Now, it's just worth noting in the background here what's going on. If you look at some of the extra biblical material that is floating around during what we call the Second Temple period, there's this interesting, uh, I don't know, a couple different perspectives of how like the other nations besides Israel fit into the end time plan. Okay, A very small percentage of Jews, we think, um, really had this uh, maybe extreme perspective that only Jews are going to be admitted into God's new world, okay? But uh, the, the vast majority of Jews believed in one of two options. Option one is that Israel would be like, exalted over all the nations, and if other nations and people want to join in, they don't necessarily have to become Jews and convert, uh, but they would need to embrace the covenant terms, and uh, they might still be a separate people, but they'd be included into God's care because of God's love for Israel. So that's option one. Option two is that they don't have to be converted. These Gentile nations don't have to be converted to uh, Judaism or to become Jews, nor uh, do they have a second-class status before God. Uh, But because Israel is faithful, this world is rescued, and then all people can share equally in that new age to come. And we see both of those last two perspectives in the prophetic books of the Old Testament. Uh, We see uh, some uh, evidence of it in Isaiah, and Zechariah and other places that talk about how people from all nations are going to stream to Jerusalem in order to be a part of this new reboot, this reestablishment of the heavens and the earth, right? And so uh, Paul seems to have this swimming around in his head. So in Romans chapter 2 and Romans chapter 3, um, Paul begins to try to show both of these groups, the Jews among them and the non-Jews among them, that they are in God's debt and they need a savior. They need to be rescued. And so we think that here in Romans 4, he's trying to bring this early movement to its conclusion. He needs to show that um, God had a plan all along. Uh, That plan was before the law, but it's also including the law. Uh, But those who didn't have the law, those outside of Judaism, can still have access into the covenant family. So how he gets uh, to this point is to look at the forefather Abraham. Uh, Abraham was in God's covenant care before there was a law. And Abraham also received these vast promises that all nations would be blessed through him. And so Paul's able to look at both Jews and Gentiles in that Roman church, those Roman house churches, and say, both of you are in God's debt and both of you can be rescued. Uh, Jews, you can be rescued because you're part of the covenant family. Yours is the patriarchs. Yours is the covenants. Yours is the law. And the law illuminates your sin, but the law also illuminates grace. He says, and you Gentiles, you can also be included because even though you did not have the law, transgressions were in the world around us. And just as Abraham was able to receive grace before there was law, you can receive grace because even though you're outside the law, grace is available to you too. So these two groups of people meet in Abraham. Why this is also important, it also shows that God isn't starting a new story in Jesus, but Jesus is bringing fulfillment to all things. And so when Paul uses the language that Abraham can be our father in the faith, it's not not, um, intended to have people take their eyes off Jesus. But uh, just as um, God was trying to intervene in the world and was trying to carve out a faithful people in the early days through the patriarch Abraham, So in the same way, God continues to work in the world. He continues to be the one creator God with his one uh, plan, people, a people plan. 
and also this one end to rescue all the nations. Uh, it, it, was, it was echoed, it was hinted at in the story of Abraham, and it comes to a rushing fulfillment in Jesus and his arrival. So what does this mean for us? Uh, what this means for us is that uh, the God we pray to this morning, the scriptures that we read and we meditate on, we try to digest this morning, it's part of this great big plan, this tapestry that's being woven together, that's stitching together God's grand story from beginning to end. Uh, there hasn't been certain separate eras of how God intervened in the world. But just as God sought Abraham, even though Abraham wasn't perfect, God is seeking us even though we are not perfect. Just as God's able to pardon Abraham on the basis of God's grace alone, God is able to pardon us as well. So how this reaches to us today is that all of us are in God's debt. Uh, all of us need grace. And because God has so faithfully given grace to Abraham and to all those who are included in the faith because of Abraham's story, God's able to give grace to us as well. You need grace and I need grace, and therefore we don't need to be uh, buried in self-condemnation and shame and guilt. We can be free to get today because the same God who is setting people free in uh, the Mesopotamian world deep into uh, the distant past with Abraham and his family is the same God who's still at work with gracious motivation in a day like ours. So you and I reach for God because there we find grace to help us in our time of need. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that we come before you today and the only way that we can have relationship with you is because you've been so gracious. We thank you that even though it didn't happen to happen this way, it has, and therefore it's a gift. So we do thank you for the gift of grace, that we get to uh, come into your family, that we get to be in this included in the people of God in this grand story. We think that it's not just uh, a, bless, a blessing and a bliss to us uh, to enjoy for ourselves, but it's also a call to participate in the outworking of this story in the world around us. We think that every life that we're going to encounter today, whether it's at school or work or in public places running errands, every person is a person that you love. Uh, you love to the very depths. Uh, people who've been created in your image and your likeness. And so this day, God, we pray that we would treat each one as such. And as we do uh, with kindness and goodness and truth and beauty, uh, we pray that uh, this world would be a brighter place because you're at work within it and we're recognizing how you're rescuing this world inch by inch until all of your story is completed. We are so grateful that it, that included us on a pivotal day, an important day in our past. We think of that many more today are going to be included in that story for the first time and they're going to embrace it and their life is going to change. And we just simply pray that we might be able to observe it, to see it, and by your grace to participate in its outworking. So God be with us as we start this day. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.